Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, February 1st. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of RCP. I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief. Carl, let's talk about Joe Rogan and Spotify and the controversy uh, over Neil Young uh, removing his his catalog from Spotify over what he claimed was misinformation. Uh, Joni Mitchell and some other artists apparently did the same. Rogan released about a 10-minute video yesterday in which he kind of tried to explain and maybe tamp down some of the controversy uh, and and talked about, you know, the guests that he's had on, specifically Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone, and those podcasts talking about how he likes to have conversations with people of different opinion. He's looking for the truth. He's, look, he's looking for facts. He had Sanjay Gupta on. He said he would uh, he was okay with a disclaimer being put at the beginning of his podcast, talking about how, you know, the opinions that are going to be voiced here might uh, be different from the consensus. He also talked about having other people on. What do you make of this whole thing? Um, it's generated a lot of lot of talk about censorship, about misinformation, about um, you know COVID, the whole deal. What do you what do you make of all this? Well, in writing in National Review, Charles W. Cook, who's a conservative writer, said you know said what, what this guy he doesn't want to share a library with an. With someone he dis- disagrees with, it with, you know, how far do you go with this? And he raised these issues of censorship. You, you know, I've been talking about for a couple of years, Tom. But in this case, um, you know, Joe Rogan has what eleven million people have signed up for that. He's one of the most popular people, uh, maybe the most listened to podcast in the country. Uh, Neil Young and uh, aging rock rock star and uh, Nils Lofgren joined him. Um, his fellow Neil Young's fellow. Canadian-born uh, singer Joni Mitchell joined him, but I, I just think obviously it's misplaced. I'm, you know, my views. Um, uh, I don't, I don't listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to Neil Young all the time. I love Neil Young's music, but that's just wrong. We, 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 sh- we. This kind of censorship um, coming, whether it's coming from the right or the left, is, in my view, almost always wrong. And it, it's not, it's not that hard. Joe Rogan had this doctor on. And these two guys that you mentioned are very highly credentialed. They're skeptical. They're, they're kind of have abrasive personalities. They're, 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 they're mavericks, um, you know, can, cantankerous, maybe even cranks, but they, they know, they know a lot about it. And Dr. Malone, um, who contracted COVID, um, and then got a Moderna shot afterwards and had serious complications. And he's not sure they're from the vaccine. He thinks they might be. He's now a long hauler. He's got he's got an axe to grind against the medical establishment anyway because he helped um, develop the technology that that has led to these vaccines. And to say, to say that you can't air this this man's views that he can't be on the the radio, where does that lead us, Tom? What, you agree with me, right? I do, I do. And by the way. I'm not a Neil Young fan. I may be in the minority here, but I can't stand his music. So uh, I was <laughs> unlike Tom. Do you know how I'm always taking the phrase "in fact" out of people's copy, uh, especially when <laughs> what follows is a rank opinion? I'm going to deviate from my rule, and I'm going to say, in fact, Neil Young is a great rock and roll man. <laughs> uh, well, it's just not my taste, Carl. But listen, I, the the point that Joe Rogan made, which I think is is the crucial point here to me is, you know, he went through a list of things, which if you said them six months ago, you would have been censored and deplatformed. Things like cloth masks don't work, or, you know, people who who are vaccinated can't contract or spread the virus, or the lab leak theory was considered verboten 
uh, and and now it's widely accepted as as a possibility at least. So, you know, who's declaring what's misinformation? And 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 that is you know something that was said. How do we even know what's going to be? Uh, you know, three months from now, three weeks from now, what is considered misinformation now might be again, uh, you know, widely accepted as as possibilities or. I mean, I think that's the crucial point, and and I don't know how we. I mean, that's the reason that we shouldn't have censorship. We shouldn't have the government stepping in to try and declare, uh, you know, what's misinformation, what's not misinformation. Well, I Am agree. I, I agree with that. But that's in this case, it's not the government. It's a uh, United States citizen. Um, Neil Young recently be- sure. recently became an American citizen. He's been commenting on American politics, living in the United States for fifty years, and I. I welcome his views, but, but it's still, it's a, it's a dangerous place to go. Uh, the, and the thing that I was struck by, and I don't know if I've seen any commentary on this by Joe Rogan's what, nine or 10 minute explanation of it, uh, was how, how humble he was and how gracious he was. And it seems to me that that's what's missing from his critics and, and really from American political discourse. He says he doesn't have all the answers. He says, I'm trying to find the answers. I'm just having these conversations with people. And yeah, I probably should have more people on, on, on the other side. I'll do that in the future. But, but he, he defended himself, as you pointed out, very articulately. But he did so with a sense of grace. And, and he said that he, like me, loves Neil Young. He loves his music. And I just thought, I thought that besides the merits of the discussion on censorship, his, his, his tone and this attitude of acceptance towards other points of view, that's what we need more of, not less of, in my view. So uh, we're going to shift gears and talk about one other subject real quickly while we're on the subject of Canadians. Uh, let's talk about the Freedom Convoy that rolled into Ontario uh, earlier this uh, over the weekend. Uh, Justin Trudeau fled the capital city. Uh, I, apparently, he's, he said he got threats of violence against him, went to an undisclosed location, and then declared that he had covid uh, this morning, we learned that there's another Freedom Convoy protest. Uh, these truckers are protesting the, the vaccine mandates and mask mandates in, in Canada that popped up uh, in the west of the country along the Montana border, blocking a key border crossing there. Um, Trudeau says he is not intimidated by the protests and that this behavior is unacceptable and Canadians won't stand for it. Um, what do you make of this, Carl? <laughs> I mean... I I have to believe that if this continues, that Trudeau's going to have to give in at some point. I mean, this is going to really affect uh, their economy, and quite frankly, it might even affect our economy. Well, it's already affecting our economy, and I I've been, my position on this, and you and I have talked about this before. I'm I'm sympathetic to the to the Biden administration, which is dealing with it, and 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 to the his counterparts and uh, our neighbors to the north. The science still. Um, seems to indicate, uh, New York Times had a nice piece on this yesterday, that if you're vaccinated and boosted, you're much less likely to be hospitalized or die from COVID-19. That's, what the, that's, that's the data right now as we understand it. The government wants to keep the economy going. It wants to keep the, it doesn't want the emergency rooms and the, and the intensive care units filled up with COVID patients. So the, both governments are trying to force people to be vaccinated. There is a there's a principal distinction there that, that gets lost often, which is people who are anti-mandate are not necessarily anti-vaccine. 
And that it's those are these people that you're dealing with now. And somehow the government wants to wants them to get vaccinated and wants them to be, keep working. But but these coercive measures in some places are backfiring. Trudeau says he's not even going to meet with the protesters. Um, is that a well, tenable suspect, position for him? Well, I think that will change. That would be my guess. He's called them fringe. He's called them. Uh, he's really sort of, you know, denigrated them. It doesn't seem to me to be a good look and something that that is going to work out in his favor. Well, Tom, back to the point I was making before about grace and public discourse. You know, the Salvation Army this year um, suffered a big hit uh, in its, uh, you know, Santas who ring the bells and people donate because they put out, you know, some paper basically calling white people racist. Now, now calling people names is not a way to get them to give you money necessarily. And in this case, you know, Biden, Joe, President Biden learned this, you know, this, these, these attacks on people who disagree with you do not change their minds. They don't change their hearts. If anything, they cause people to dig in. It's, it's not really, to my way of thinking, the most effective way to govern. All right. We will leave it there. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief, and this has been the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for February 1st, 2022.